But before I start to preach, I want to teach you one statement from uh, uh, my country, from Ethiopia. So shall I teach you? Yes. Good. So, <laughs> uh, just follow me. Jesus? Geta? No. Jesus? Geta no. Jesus? Geta no. Jesus? Geta no. Aha. <laughs> now you will shout it. Jesus? Jesus. Ah. Jesus? Getano. Hallelujah. Jesus? Getano. Can you guess what it means? <laughs> yeah? Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Getano. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> um, I will use um, this first to, I mean, share with you from James chapter 3. This is my lifestyle. I love this verse. James chapter 3, uh, verse 20. Uh, where is that? Um, yes, from verses, uh, verse 13 to um, 18. Let me read it. Who is wise, wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By this done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and the selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from does not come down from heaven, but is uh, earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For, for where you have envy and the selfish ambition, there you find disorder, envy, um, every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Number 18 is what I preach today. It says, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. The, the wisdom from above, it says, pure, peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. Number 18, harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace, or by the peacemakers. I focus on two issues. One, the harvest of righteousness. The other one is peace or peacemakers. What is the harvest? Or what is it about? Or more specifically, who is the harvest? In the kingdom of 
of the Lord, the harvest is not wheat, <laughs> for sure, maize or barley. The, the harvest is something else. I will read one more um, uh, few verses from the Bible. It's from Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is, is amazing. It's uh, all about mission. It says, I will read until up to maybe six. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two. Ahead of him to every town and the place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Whenever you... When you, uh, you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus sent the, the anointed or the 72 um, uh, anointed people to the harvest. He sent them two by two. While he's sending them, he, he sent them uh, ahead of him. I like this one. He sent them two by two because they need to support each other. They need to hold hands. But he sent them ahead of him. It reminds me when I grew up or when I helped my kids. When the first time they walk, uh, you know, I will send them to go in front of me, ahead of me, and um, you know, when they try to go, I just follow. When they tend to fall, I just uh, help them to stand. Jesus sent them, and he follows them. Hallelujah. And he said, the harvest is plentiful. The, the laborers are very few. What does it mean? <clears throat> Jesus said, I will send you into the harvest. When you go, or before you go, pray earnestly. In Amharic, it says, Lamnu. <laughs> Lamnu means beg. <laughs> beg, it means that it's the last option you have. Oh. Unless you um, are forced to do so, it's, it's, it's uh, shameful to beg. But in the mission, we need to beg because people are dying. Yeah. So <clears throat> he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. The harvest belongs to the Lord. That means... The harvest has an owner. 
The honor is the Lord. When you go, we have to know that we will go into the harvest. Hallelujah. It, it tells me something for me. You know, it's, it's, it's a good news because the harvest belongs to Jesus and he knows that there is a harvest there. And it is his harvest. When you go, when you, whenever we go, even Sogido, difficult places, he knows that there is harvest there. Simply, for I'm from a farming family, and if somebody tells us you have plenty of harvest, that's good news for us, yeah. <laughs> because yes. it's, it's um, that what Jesus spoke to the disciples: you go into the harvest. When you go, <laughs> this is the strange thing: when you go, you go uh, as Lamb into the midst of wolves. <laughs> By the way, this is a reality in the mission field. You are going into the wolves. <laughs> I would love if Jesus sent me as a wolf into the midst of <laughs> sheep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he sends me as a wolf, I will know what I can do. <laughs> I, will bring, I will bring the sheep. If they are not willing, I will force to come. But, <laughs> but he sends us into the midst of wolves. Perhaps... God knows what it means. The meaning has two, uh, this, this statement has two meanings for me. The, the, first one, the first thing is we go to uh, uh, as a peacemaker. The most peaceful uh, or peaceable animal in the world is lamb. <laughs> We call in agriculture, it's flightless animal. Even when the wolves come, they don't fly. They, they simply wait and to be eaten. <laughs> yeah. These kinds of animals, in order to win, they need external power. And it should be supernatural. In this case, the harvest is not that easy, that tells us. Um, if the wolves surrender <laughs> lambs, it's normal. If it happens the other way around, it's a miracle. So, per se, mission is a miracle. When Jesus ordered them to go, he told them another strange thing. What he says, Don't, uh, no bag, no snack, no shoes, no food. <laughs> if 
uh, I mean, wolves to go to in the midst of um, sheep. They don't need this food. They don't need anything else like uh, bug and so on because they can eat the sheep. They make uh, bugs from the sheep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if it happens the other way around, it's very difficult. That's why we call mission is miracle. Yes. If, <clears throat> if Jesus sends us into the midst of wolf, he knows what he's doing. Wherever you go, he says, when you go, you, you carry one thing, that is peace. In that verse, what I read, the word peace is written three times. When you go into the house, say, peace be with this house. Son of peace, your peace. So only you go carrying peace, nothing else. Then miracles happen. That means lambs surrender wolves. <laughs> The 72 returned with joy, with very good report. Lord, they said, even demons are surrendered. <laughs> demons are casted out. People are healed. And they have got that report. You know what Jesus said when I preach this in Amharic? I usually shout. <laughs> I just, you know, yell at people. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, I, you know, when you go, you saw that devil are casted out, people are healed, and uh, miracles happened. What I saw is more than that. What Jesus saw is Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, when you go, we only see devil, devils are casted out. When we only see people are healed. But Jesus saw different things or he sees different. The Satan, the superpower, the power, I mean, uh, uh, um, I, you know, that suppressed people is um, it's fallen down, it's fall down. So what I want to say, the mission is peace by peacemakers or peace by peaceful way. In John 4, uh, John 4 35 to 36, it says, the field are wide for the harvest. Even in America. <laughs> I like the expression in John 4:36. It says, gathering fruits of eternal life. That's what the Bible says, harvest. 
I sent you to reap the harvest. The harvest is human souls. We are called to harvest human souls. Eternal fruit. The very important thing is the approach. The approach is by peace or peace. Peacefully. Therefore, God has given us a work to do. A ministry of peace or peaceful recon- uh, ministry. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from 18 to 21, it says, you know, it, it, it speaks about reconciliation. More specifically, it says the ministry of reconciliation. Our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. It's known by the ministry of reconciliation. He has also given us in the same uh, verse the message of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. We are missionaries. We are ambassadors of peace. We are ambassadors of the righteousness of God. We have a message. We say reconcile with God. Make peace with God. Be reconciled. To do this, we practically need the following lifestyle. Can you show me your five fingers? Yeah. Yeah. The first one is your thumb. Thumb. Is that thumb? Yeah. (laughs) What does it mean? Trust in the Lord. If you are in the ministry, you need to trust him. We are sent into the darkness. We are sent into the territory of the enemy, brothers and sisters. Practically speaking, we are sent into the into midst of wolves. Uh, so we need to trust him. Without trust, no mission. When I say... Uh, in the enemy's territories, in the mission field, we have at least four enemies. You know them. <laughs> One of them is Satan. It's, it's always there. The other thing is oppositions, other religions, and so on. And spirituality, secularism, even the church. Sometimes the church forgets missionaries. So once they send them, they don't pray for them, they don't call for them, and so on. So when we are in the mission field, we have got these enemies. So we need to trust in him. So number one is trust. (laughs) Yeah. Number two is, um, I put it in, in this way, don't Shift the blame. You know, always we tend to say they are like that. That is not my responsibility. That is the responsibility of the church. Blame the church. And we say we don't have many money, so we don't, we don't, we don't go. We don't have materials. I'm not the reason. So pointing at others, taking responsibility, no bag, 
no shoes, no food, no resources are not the reason for not to going. So shifting the, the blame is not um, lifestyle of a mission or a missionary. God wants our availability. That is crucial. So don't shift blame. <laughs> Num number three. Number one is trust. Number two? Yeah. <laughs> number three, determination. Yeah. I just like this, um, the middle finger, because it's the tallest of all. So this, that means more responsibility, knowing the will of God, accomplish the purpose of mission. John 4, 34, it says, my food is to do the will of God. Jesus said, lead the harvest by example. I die for this purpose. This is commitment. The, um, God wants us to see us his representatives so that we need to be committed. Commitment is uh, one of the traits that mission needs. Persistence of purpose, discipline to disciple. So number three is determination, determined even to die. <laughs> In the mission, there are many things that are against you. So you need, it's your determination. Number four is relationship. Ministry of reconciliation is all about relationship. Mission is all about loving others. Mission is bringing people into the love of God, into the glory of God. If the church does not speak about relationship, the church has nothing to say. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not yet in this relationship. I must bring them. I can't wait. I want to see them in the relationship. So the fourth lifestyle that missionaries need to have, or when we are in the mission field, we need to have this good relationship. We have to believe in a relationship. Without relationship, no mission. Mission is all about relationship. So number four is? Number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Hallelujah. <laughs> Number five, undermining. Don't undermine. In the kingdom, in the mission, every fruit is a good fruit. In the mission, don't undermine anything. John uh, 4 1, you know it, the, the, the whole verse in John 4. Um, when Jesus is departed from Judea to Galilee, he had to pass through Samaria. In fact, passing by Samaria is the shortest uh, uh, way. But for Jews, to pass through Samaria uh, is not um, acceptable. 
because they don't have dealing with the Samarians. When they want to pass uh, from like Judea to um, Galilee or from Galilee to Judea, they go either through the north of uh, Samaria or south of Samaria because it's not acceptable by the Jewish people to pass by uh, Samaria. But Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Do you think he passed by Samaria to meet the mayor of Samaria? <laughs> if he meet the mayor of Samaria, the, some, the mayor may get surprised. And he may say, Jesus, you are a good person. <laughs> because Jews wouldn't pass by this. But you pass by this. So shall I invite you coffee <laughs> or uh, tea, black tea? With uh, milk or without milk, green tea, and this kind of question. <laughs> Jesus didn't pass by um, Samaria to meet the governor. He just passed by to meet the Samarian woman, <laughs> the prostitute woman. He talked the woman in adultery. He didn't undermine this woman. If he spoke the mayor, they had that conversation, and um, the mayor let Jesus to stay he, there, or he may give him land to build church, whatever. But um, when he spoke, the Samarian uh, woman, he knows what he's doing. <clears throat> Through the, this, her ministry, many, many Samaritans from the town believed in him. So Jesus knows the weak link, or Jesus knows who is the right person. We sometimes, te we sometimes tend to see that the president or the mayor or the governor or the merchant people are the right people. No. <laughs> you know, uh, for mission, we need to see what Jesus sees. If that happens, you know, we need, we get the right path. Because of the woman, woman's testimony, they got the chance to hear from Jesus. Many more believed because of his word. Many more come to see Jesus. That are so great witnesses. We have got many witnesses in the Bible. For example, the blind man. Through him, Jesus uh, uh, got the access to meet the Pharisees. The woman who caught in adultery. Through this woman, Jesus got the chance to speak the teachers, the Pharisees, and so on. The, the, the um, man with the unclean spirit, the madman at the Tomb's area. I love that um, uh, 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 stories because um, you know it brought many people to the kingdom. So after he was healed, he went to his town and he preached for everyone. Jesus went all the way to his uh, place to meet this guy, so he didn't undermine him because he knows the right way. <laughs> oh, yes. 
So that guy who was healed, he pre proclaimed the good news for, um, for, you know, for the area. <laughs> As you know, when Jesus finished that healing, the people of that uh, area, that um, country, forces Jesus to go out. But the guy stayed there. Yeah. He preached. In chapter 8, you found that these people begged Jesus to come back because this, um, uh, you know, madman who was healed preached the for the town. And that in that uh, in chapter eight, you found that uh, Jesus fed in the same town more than four hundred people because of this guy's witness. We are peacemakers. We are in the mission field. We are reconcilers. We are called to make peace by peaceful ways. God gave us as a tool, you know, peace of mind or peace so that we bring people to his kingdom. Reconciliation is a way um, to peace with God. That is the goal. We are called for this purpose. And the church has this purpose. To do this, we, have, we need to have these five things. Number one, trust. Number two? Number three? Hallelujah. Number four? Relationship. Number five? Don't undermine. That, that's why I make the smallest... Um, finger because we tend to undermine people you know i was called when i was 17 years old even i didn't reach 17 and i was called in you know from the i mean i would say fanatic orthodox family when i was um called when i became a christian my family just rejected me at the age of 17 and um, high school uh, students rejected from their family because I'm from the priest family and, um, you know, it's not acceptable to be believer. In Ethiopia, we call a pente, so you are not allowed to uh, be a pente. I don't know the reason my father hates uh, evangelical believers. And that... Uh, comes even in my life. I totally hate the evangelical believers. But um, at the age of 17, you know, with miracle, I would say miraculously, God caught me. He got me. I was called alone. After that, many of my family have come to the Lord. Now, I... God didn't undermine me. <laughs> he didn't say this is a small boy and so on. He saw many people, I would say nations in my um, you know, lifestyle, I don't know. <laughs> he saw many through me. And many people have come to the Lord through our ministry. And because I, he used me as a tool. And he didn't undermine me. So... He, he knows 
the future of many people. So when we go to the mission field, we, we don't, we don't, uh, we shouldn't undermine. We may see, you know, very small people or we may see sick people or we may get, uh, you know, prostitutes like that. But God uses these um, people for his glory. That's what happened in my life. You know, I, I pass through ups and downs. I pass through uh, persecutions. I pass through hatreds. I pass through many, you know, many more uh, stuff. But I stood firm with the Lord. And um, with that, God brought many people to the, his kingdom. And uh, tomorrow I, I will uh, give you more of our uh, testimonies, witnesses, and so on what uh, uh, have been happening in Ethiopia and the uh, rest of um, our ministry. It just today, this is for um, introduction. Thank you for, <laughs> for listening and let's pray.